D&D Outdoors is brought to you by the Southwestern Outdoorsman. Head on over to southwesternoutdoorsman.com to get your hunting gear and all your needs today. It's also brought to you by Headline Outdoors. Download Headline Outdoors on Roku or Fire TV and start enjoying the outdoors with hundreds of outdoor hunting and fishing episodes. And welcome back. We went to D and D Outdoors today on the show. Colorado got their wolf. What is California up to today? We have a special guest, Gerald from the Snack Time Feeder, the inventor and owner of it. And if you can tell by our theme music, we have a big announcement coming. How are you doing today, Dustin? Hey, Dustin. Doing a whole lot better than some of these people. Yes, sir. <laughs> Another day in paradise, right? Yeah, how's things out your way? Going good. We're starting to get, you know, moving to Texas. It's actually starting to get cold. I might actually get to experience the fall now. You know, it's supposed to, it's in the high 80s. So, you know, I am not dealing with nearly as much heat. I think it was like almost uh, still 100 in Arizona the other day. So I'm loving it. I can't complain. What's the temperature there? Uh, right now it is about 85 degrees, I think 87 degrees, but it's supposed to cool down and just be in the high six, low seventies, high sixties starting next week. We're, we're sitting on 67 right now here. Okay. Well, that's a little bit, I'm not looking forward to that coldness every day. It's like forties in the morning when I get up. <laughs> nope. See, that's the one thing I'm not looking forward to. After living in Colorado, I'm still not a big fan of the cold. Oh, Lord. But you haven't seen the new video yet. We will put it up on our Instagram page. That's what it's called. Sorry. It's one of those days today. Bigfoot was spotted in Colorado. We might have to have Michael come back on and examine this video with us. Might have to bring him back on, have him examine this video. It was a train passengers. Um, I'm not sure what train it was. It looked like there's trains that one from western Colorado where I used to live to Denver. It runs through like wilderness. It's really a pretty ride through the rivers and all that. And someone was filming a Bigfoot out the window. We're going to have to get your gut reaction when we put it on the Instagram for all you listeners out there. I got the video downloaded and we're going to get it out there. What do you think of that? The Bigfoot's uh, out there? They have to go on to the uh, Instagram and check it out too. I'm surprised you didn't see it. Usually you see that stuff before I do. I. I was off the grid all weekend, so I don't know. Oh, dang. I was going to give you a cop out. I was about to say you're working too hard. But, you know, having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Last Ooh. vacation before all the work starts. Yeah. Ugh. Fun time of the year, right? Yeah. Ugh. So as we talked about also in Colorado in the past, um, last year, um, Colorado passed was last year? Two years ago, Colorado passed a law that they wanted to reintroduce wolves. You know, wolves are in northern Colorado. They're in southwestern Colorado, too. I know people have seen them when they're out hunting. Well, they ran into a little problem. The wolves have to start being reintroduced by December of this year. They reached out to Idaho, Wyoming, Montana to get wolves from them. They also know because they know what wolves do when you reintroduce them. But don't worry. Colorado was saved by the state of Oregon to get wolves. No one was giving them wolves. But Oregon came in, and they're going to give them 
10 wolves to be reintroduced. The wolves will range in age from one to five years old. And welcome the new Oregon wolf pack out there in Colorado. How do they do that? Do they are they raised by Oregon? So or... if it's similar, I lived in Colorado when they were reintroducing the lynx there. Um when they got the lynx from Canada. It's kind of why a grizzly bear reintroduction isn't going too hot in some of these places I want to reintroduce them. What you do is you trap them. So you put a live trap out, bait them in, and then you okay. ship them down. That's kind of I remember when people back in the day were talking about grizzly bear relocation. You have to find someone that wants to trap a grizzly bear and transport it. Not many of those people out there. Nice. But as Oregon as Oregon proved, there's someone out there that's crazy enough to do all that. Yeah, Colorado was looking like they might be in some trouble getting wolves. But good old Oregon, Oregon saved, saved the, day. the day. Oregon saved the day. Oh, Lord. And Oregon, you guys are idiots too. But not as dumb as California. I actually like most of the Oregon people, so I'm sorry if I offended you on that one. <laughs> oh, man. Did you want to put your email in so they can send you all the complaints? No. <laughs> but you can uh, you can, you can send it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no complaints, please. No no trying to sue me. I know I know you guys get a little, a little happy out there. My thoughts are my own, not representative of the podcast or the TV show. Sorry, I'm in a little feisty mood today, if you can't tell. <laughs> You're over there like, oh, I'm, I'm going to come off video. I don't want my face being seen with you right now. <laughs> oh, man. But in some good news, we talked, I think, two podcasts ago that Biden and his lovely people were going to defund schools that had school shooting and sports courses, remove gun safety, and 100 out from those schools that the Department of Education wasn't going to fund them anymore. Um, well, there's actually some smart people in Washington because both sides, the Republicans and the Democrats, agreed that was a dumb idea. They just passed it, um, uh, their whatever bill, their Senate bill or whatever. The House passed, so the House, the House bill passes the act to fund school and shooting sports courses throughout the country. So they can't be penalized, these schools, like they were trying to do. You know, I. You might not ever hear me say anything nice about them again, but I tip my I tip my cap to them on um, actually having some common sense and passing these laws. And we will post a picture to to break that news on our Instagram of maybe maybe running in twenty twenty four for the presidency. <laughs> I mean, if that idiot can do it, I can do it. <laughs> yeah, you, you can toss your hat in the ring. Yeah, I'll, I'll quote Ted Nugent. I'll, I'll run for president just to see what people will drag up on me. So, so if you live in Virginia, you remember you guys have write-in. Yeah. All right, write-in Dustin Daniels, for president out there. Hey, if he gets three votes, we'll send a one lucky listener a T-shirt. <laughs> oh, wait i think that's i think that's considered like bribery never mind we won't do that i think that's against some election law. i'm not a lawyer so i think that's against some election law we can always plead ignorant ah we'll plead ignorance on this one. <laughs> oh lord and we'll be back from a quick word from our buddies over at peer pro 
And, uh, oh, sorry. And we would like to welcome on a very special guest here at D&D Outdoors. We have Gerald. Gerald has invented the snack time feeder. Am I correct with that? That's correct. Yeah, he, he invented it, created it, did all the all the fun work with it. How are you doing today, Gerald? I'm okay, thank you. Just awesome. got done with supper. Oh, well, I can't get much better than that. Bell. Yes, sir. Eat anything good? Eat anything good for dinner? Go. Say again? Did you eat anything good for dinner? Eh, some dead birds. Gotcha. <laughs> some hot peppers. That sounds it's good, all, though. It's all good. Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit, you know, about the Snack Time Feeder, what it is, what, what made you decide to create. I mean, I think it's an awesome, awesome invention that... I mean, it saves people money, and, you know, it's, it's something unique that you don't see out there in the hunting world too much. Yeah, it's, uh, in, I'm in Florida now, and uh, having feeders was new to me. Up in New Hampshire, uh, I only learned later that you could have feeders in New Hampshire, but you got to take them down before hunting season. But I never bothered to investigate that. But when I got to Florida... Feeders were everywhere. And so naturally, I gravitated towards that to keep game in the area. And you wind up dumping so much money. I mean, it, you know, 50-pound bag after 50-pound bag, week after week. And, you know, like after 10 years, I said, there's got to be a better way. Yeah. So, <laughs> Especially when the feed falls on the ground and nobody eats it until two in the morning. You know, so, I mean, it's, I just didn't see the benefit. It kept game in the area, but not during daylight hours. So, came up with a deal where, you know, the bump feeder, but then it says, you know, bump feeder, they can bump that all night long, too. Was we need some electronics, so you know they can't bump it at night, and and they still can't bump it any time they want. Well, they can bump it any time they want. Doesn't mean it's going to go off any time they want. And that's that's to me the big part of the program that's in there. You can set it for the bump will only work once every half hour, once every hour, once every four hours. You know, so you can put in a 50-pound bag of feed and it'll last for a month. But, you know, instead of one one bag a week or two bags a week. Or, Save um, a lot of money. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it took a long time to develop. And, uh, you know, you throw out one handful of feed and it's daytime, and that's when you're walking around the woods, you know, it, chances are you'll see somebody. Yes. So did you, do you have like an engineering background or do you make learn all this on your own? I've had some, I've had some help. Uh, you know, I wrote the program, but I wrote the program with help. Uh, I started making them out of myself out of metal uh, because I have a sheet metal background. 
but I didn't see where that would be cost effective. Uh, so I thought of, you know, plastic. And then I thought of 3D plastic. So I bought a 3D machine and it just so happens my neighbor can do CAD drawings for a 3D printer. That works out perfect. So, you know, so he did the drawings that the printer would understand, you know, based off of what I did with the sheet metal. And uh, they come out of a 3D printer. That's awesome. So there's not too much of a, I mean, it's a process, but it's not an excruciating long process to create these. It's, you know, I, I press some buttons and it it takes, it really takes all day, 24 hours for the printer to make one machine. Oh, wow. I'm not talking about production. Yeah. You know, uh, it takes me a half hour to put the pieces together after that. But, oh, wow. uh, you know, if I ever got into a volume situation, then, you know, you look at injection molding or whatever, but that's down the road. You know, I've just looking, I think it fills a need. Uh, I've sold some. I have, uh, I have a website where we have raffles, you know, and it's going to take a while. I mean, you're dealing against some big people out there that make feeders. Yeah. But to my knowledge, no one really has a feeder similar to yours that has the bump with the timer and all that good stuff. The, the only thing that's out there is a spin cast feeder. It's been out there for a million years. And then you got gravity feeders and bump feeders. And, you know, to me, they're all inefficient. But no, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's nothing that combines it all together like you did, essentially. Mm -hmm. Oh. You know, mm -hmm. hey, I got a patent on the wall. Makes me look good to the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. What um, so what? Where can they uh, find you at? Uh snacktimefeeder.com. Awesome, and yeah, we'll definitely put that in the podcast description as well as when we put this out on our social mm -hmm. medias as well. But yeah, let's. I mean, that's great. I mean, I think that's a really serving an effective product, especially nowadays with everything being so dang expensive um, on it. What, um, so what got you into hunting? What's, what's kind of your background? What's, how long you've been hunting for? I mean, obviously since you got that moose. Been hunting forever. I mean, uh, you know, I got out of the service. Well, I was hunting before I went into service, but when I got out, you know, it was, uh, Unfortunately, it was like one week a year because that's all you could do up north because the hunting season was like one week. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, everybody runs into the woods like madmen and, you know, guns are going off everywhere. I, I gravitated away from that and I just used bow. And uh, not that I got the moose with a bow, but... But after after the moose, I, I just started, you know, Bo, it's quiet, there's fewer people. Uh, and then when I got to Florida, it was really, they got hogs down here. And uh, you know, I've been in Florida 25 years now, but uh, I tell you, I'd rather, I'd rather bring home a hog than a deer any day of the week. <laughs> yeah. They, they just, they taste so much better. You can do so much more with them. 
and they're compact. Yeah. What's the what's the biggest hog you got? Uh not too long ago, I don't know, maybe a couple of months ago. Uh it it hung, you know, after it was gutted, it hung at about two ten. Oh wow. That, it's a big that's hog. about the biggest one. A lot of meat on that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean I actually got ribs out of it. Oh, that's it's, cool. the, it's the it's the first time I got ribs out of a hog, so you know, that's really you cool. A lot of dragon. You try to drag a hog, you know, you try yeah. to drag anything, it's hard, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. So, how, how do you hunt hogs over your feeder, or do you? I know I have a buddy who lives outside of, I think it's Orlando someplace, and he chases them with dogs. I always see him. How do you hunt your hogs? Yeah, no, I, uh, I stay away from the dog element. I, I yeah. just, you know, I mean, everybody has an opinion, you know feeders, dogs, food plots, you know, everybody's got an opinion about it and, you know, to shy away from one thing and not another. Uh, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm 75 and some days I do sit over a feeder because, you know, you wake up with the aches and the pains and, you know, and, and other days I won't go anywhere near it and, and just walk the woods. Uh, I didn't. Okay, I didn't know. At least, just... you know the, the the feeder keeps game around, and and to me that's the object. It keeps it around. Yes, that's really cool. I I never. I mean, I've heard of. I just never had an experience with hogs. I guess they're similar to having. I just never. I always assume people that hunt them either do dogs or sit over feeders or food food plots. I never really thought they to what any animals you can just walk around and find because they're just so mm -hmm. jumpy. Well, you know, sometimes, some, sometimes it's fun walking through the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Dustin, know. Dustin loves walking through the swamp. It's not so much walking, it's stumbling through the swamp. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. They've got those, you know, they call them knees. But yeah. That's why I live they, in the desert. We don't I, have to deal I with call, I call them a lot of things. <laughs> In little cypress stumps, and next yeah. thing you're walking along, and you know it's not deep. Next thing you know, you hit a, a hole, and you're up to your knees in water. And yep, yep. But yeah, you know, like I say, the good days when you get up out of bed and you're ready to go doesn't bother you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Do y'all have any questions from Dustin? So, uh, what kind of capacity are the feeders? It, it's just a motor. You put it under anything you want. Okay. Okay. You know, five gallon pail, 500 gallon pail. Uh, matter of fact, I got somebody now that uh, they're trying them out for their horses for alfalfa pellets. Oh, that's cool. Alfalfa pellets are pretty big, uh, which is another. Uh, benefit or advantage of the feeder you could put acorns in my feeder yeah. you're not going to do that with a spinner feeder no no get a little clogged up there <laughs> uh, you know of course it's expensive to buy acorns but if that's what you wanted to do you could that depends on if you get an acorn or an oak tree yeah well 
there's not too many oak trees where I live, but there are some out there in the woods. Yeah. So I got mostly palm trees. So with yeah. your, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Dustin. Yeah, my uncle, when he was still alive, alive it, it, he'd always complain about the acorns, and he'd rake them up, and he, somebody would get a bag of them and maybe dump them in the woods. I don't know who it was, but uh, yeah, the deer would tear them up. And my parents actually have a chestnut tree in their front yard. Mm -hmm. And you, I, I'll come out of here at five in the morning, and I've chased off five or six bucks at one time out of just their front yard. Yeah. Well, chestnut trees, I think, are pretty much long gone. But, uh, but yeah, you, down here, uh, if you can find a white oak. That's yeah. that's the one you want. I mean, they'll eat the black oak nuts, but if you can get a white oak, you'll get deer and hogs, and you know, it's an easy an easy food plot. So, how, how far will will it, will it broadcast the the whether it's corn or acorns or would sling it out or is it they're just bumping it and they're getting a little bit every time they bump it. How does it work? I didn't catch all of that Doug. So how how's how's it is it a timed bump feeder? Is that what I'm understanding? It's okay. You, you, you got the motor, it's it's mounted underneath a bucket. Right. There's a rod to a quarter-inch plastic rod, flexible. It it'll hang down to the ground to whatever height you want. If you know, if you want to feed raccoons, put the rod all the way down to the ground. Oh God! If 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 all you want to feed is deer, you adjust the rod so it's like four feet off the ground. Right. So the only thing that can bump it is the larger animal. You know, if you don't want to feed the hogs. You put it four feet off the ground, the hog can't reach it. Right. So, you know, you're only feeding the deer. And they come by and they, and they don't have to trip it much. They bump into it and bump. If the timing is right, the feed falls out. Okay. And then it's not going to fall out again until that predetermined time that you programmed. You know, if you say a half hour, they can bump it all day long. But until a half hour lapses, that bump won't be recognized. Okay. And then if they bump it again, then they got to wait another half hour or whatever time you set, you know? I got you. I got you. What time do you suggest people to set it for? Do you find most effective? If My, myself, myself, I set it at uh, for one hour intervals from you know, daylight to, you know, dusk, uh, and, and it's off during the night. Uh, you can set it to automatically drop, uh, you know, let's say I just wanted to drop at two o'clock in the afternoon, just for the heck of it, doesn't matter if there's anything around or not, it'll drop at two o'clock in the afternoon, you know, for, for whatever. The thing runs by seconds. So you say, I want it to run for two seconds, four seconds, five seconds, whatever. Uh, 
it's it's got another feature too where not just a single drop at a certain time of day, but if you have that delay of an hour, you can set it that every hour it's going to drop regardless of whether it's bumped or not. So there's lots of options. I mean, it's versatile. Uh, if you're going to use it for farm animals, you might want it to drop every couple of hours, whether they bump it or not. You know, so, you know, you're feeding chickens. Chicken may not bump into it, but they still want to eat, you know. So it automatically drops every hour, every two hours, three hours, whatever you program it for. Okay. Mm -hmm. Makes but sense. I think it's really cool, especially now that I can use feeders more. <laughs> Finally, out here in Texas. <laughs> now that I, I didn't use them in Arizona, but like back in Michigan is where I tried it out at because you can use them back there. And yeah, it's really cool product. And now mm -hmm. out here, I'm definitely going to put it to use a lot more. Well, awesome. We'll heading, out, heading out Friday for the week. Uh, supposed to rain like mad every day, but we'll see. Yeah. Getting that hurricane or whatever coming your way? Oh, yeah. There's a ton of it. And, you know, it's okay for the hogs. Yeah. It doesn't bother them. So we'll see. We'll go swapping around, see what happens. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Gerald, for joining us on here. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure this is going to help out a lot of our listeners and hopefully get you some more orders. Not too many that you can keep up with the demand right now with it um okay once again what what's that website where they can go um buy, buy the snack time feeder at that's uh snacktimefeeder.com perfect we got okay. starting out a little blog that it's not up yet but we'll be putting a blog on there too and uh you know try to get the word out perfect well thank you very much for joining us hey and great meeting you guys yes Our tailgate spices, spicy news, which we talked about last episode, is going to be some interesting news that comes up that is not good for the hunting community because um, it's spicy, it burns. Um, California, I told you California, man, I'm just doing a dog on y'all today. California plans to call 2,000 mule deer from Catalina Island. Now, um, he uh now hunters are um trying to rally and go on howl for wildlife show that we actually care about conservation because what what the california plan is fly around in helicopters the game and fish department and just shoot them out of the sky let them rot and waste catalina island i believe already has a controlled hunt for roosevelt elk if i'm correct so what howl is trying to do one this isn't a promotion for them show them that hunters care about conservation and two let's not let this go to waste open up a hunt let people come and hunt them and let's not let the meat just sit on the ground and rot catalina island isn't that big i'm sure it's going to leave a, a lovely smell there too yeah, I mean, they could do a whole lottery and raise money it's two thousand mule deer you charge 
Let's see. Let me look something up here. How how much Let's is a deer tag? And just do a hundred dollars a ticket. Yeah. Well, heck. So a, a deer tag for non-residents in California is three hundred and seventeen dollars. So I said there's two thousand. So let's just say conservatively three hundred and seventeen times five hundred. If you got nine residents, it's one hundred fifty-eight thousand dollars. Now, for non-residents that they put in, you can make. They always these these agencies always say that they're running out of money. They need more money. Do what you said. Do the lottery. And charge them the tag fee. What they would pay anyways to hunt deer there. They just leaving money out there on the table, or leaving yeah. it out there on the island to rot. Yeah, and Catalina, Catalina wine mixer ain't that fancy. And, and okay, you gonna send the game commission out there to shoot them? Why not round up the animals and donate that meat to some kind of hunting or, or, or feeding the hungry type of situation? Yeah. Well, yeah, from what I've heard about California, not a lot of people that need food out there. I mean, help yeah. out somebody. Yeah, and they're just let the deer sit there and rot. No, I can't believe it. Or at least, yeah, don't. So hopefully they change their course. People are reaching out, telling them not to do it, telling them to let hunters take care of it. Or at least if you even – so set the goal for 2,000. Put like a week-long season in. Or I guess you probably need different seasons because 2,000 hunters on a little place probably isn't the safest. Make it like a three-month, three- to four-month-long season. Have hunters mandatory report. Or you do two, two deer tag. And then whatever's left over from the 2000s, then you'll fly your helicopters out and take out the rest of the deer. Damn. And donate the we're meat. Yeah, and donate the meat. God, we are sounding more. Can I be your vice president? I think we're coming up with world solutions here. I don't want to be your vice president. Never mind. We already lost oh. California to vote. Hell, I don't want that responsibility. If I can carry the nuclear football, we got a deal. Where's the current vice president? I ain't even seen that one in the news. So I mean, yeah, that's true. I'll just hang out. I'll host a podcast, eat eat some of the good executive food, and hang out on Air Force One and stuff. We could do the podcast from the Oval Office. Oh, that'd be pretty. Wait, do you think like the president, like we could just be like uh, executive order? We get all the hunting tags, and we can just hunt whatever we want where we want. Yeah. yeah all right, I'm coming in as vice president. <laughs> And we'll save you guys money. We don't, Dustin and I can handle ourselves, so we don't really need a secret service. I'll be overwatch for you on your speeches, but don't put me out more than like 300 yards, then you're going to be dead. So if you're ever going to attack us and do it within the 300 yard circle out there. Oh, man. Well, we got a poaching case. We got, we got a genius poacher. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Let's see, where was he from? Looking at some notes here. Uh, the mouse is not working. Come on, this is the first test for your presidential bid is to be able to use technology. The current one doesn't use it? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, it says a gentleman had shot a buck with a rifle and stabbed the bullet hole with a broadhead to make it look like an archery kill. <laughs> uh, he then entered the 200-inch buck in a contest, which is how he got caught. Uh, I'm not, not going to lie. 
I never would have guessed you'd get caught doing that. <laughs> you use a fifty cal and and come I on. guess that's the hole doesn't matter. I guess that makes I think that way. If you leave the bullet in the animal. Yeah, it, it green scored at uh 218 inches. Jesus. Where is this at? That's a big deer. Is that in Utah or Arizona? Wisconsin. Arizona doesn't have where's oh whitetail. It was harvested gotcha. near La Crosse, Wisconsin. Okay. That's a big old deer. Dang. Uh, are, we, are, are we sure he's not a California resident? Just kidding. It says <laughs> uh Douglas Myers, 61. Harvested the, the bucket lacrosse, Wisconsin. Uh he told wardens that the buck was legally shot with a crossbow during the state's archery season. But the wardens later learned that Myers illegally shot the deer with a firearm, not a crossbow. So he has oh, currently man. lost three years of his hunting privileges. And so did he poach the deer, or did he just enter the deer in an archery competition? Oh, he poached it. He poached Okay. Because I know y'all back there have, you can shoot guns and bows at the same time. Well, he shot the deer three times with his crossbow. <laughs> trying to cover it up there. Yeah, oh, he trying to cover it up. Uh, use the rifle. Uh, he's behind the garage. The deer was? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Did it say how he got caught? No. I kind of skimmed over it. It didn't say nothing. Gotcha. Well, that's not very smart, especially entering in a competition after. Uh, well, poaching is not smart in general. Don't do it, but don't poach. That's how us hunters get bad reputations. I wouldn't even consider you a hunter if you're a poacher in my mind. But sticking with poaching, on October 8th in Anderson County, Tennessee, a, a bull elk was posted, was po- was posted, was poached. Um, Tennessee Wildlife Research Agency, which we talked about last last episode for something different, is seek has a three thousand dollar reward out for it. Um, the three thousand dollars reward was donated by the Tennessee Wild Wildlife Foundation, the NWTF Pine Mountain National Wild Turkey Foundation, Pine, Pine Martin Chapter, and yeah, we'll post this um, as long as as well as information for you if you guys know anything about it. It's a beautiful elk, funky antlers. Monkey antlers. Um, turn them in. Make $3,000. Do the right thing. Also, Tennessee is one of those states that does have an elk draw, but it's very limited. So if poaching happens, the elk draw could go away. So you definitely want to be sure to take care of the elk there. And I mean, you should just be turning poachers in any ways, in my opinion. Well, our new in the zone by brought to you by zone protects record is the new number one typical white tail for the i'm not sure exactly what it's called but we'll call it the provenance 
of Ontario up there in Canada was taken. The it's unofficial, but it's gonna it's one of those like unofficial official things. So the not the the hunter killed him with the final score of hundred and ninety and four eighths. So congratulations. This is a giant deer. Wait, I think I lied to y'all. I did lie to you guys. Yeah, so it was 190 and 4 eighths. And it's the now has beaten the record by how much do you think it beat the record by? What was the previous record? Probably at three quarters of an inch. Um, I can't do math like that, but the previous record was 190 and 1 eighth. So by what's that? Two eighths. So two eighths reduced down is one fourth. So a quarter of an inch. <laughs> you were right. What was the original one? What was it? An eighth of an inch versus three quarters? No, it was 194 and three eighths. Oh, no, the original score is 190, 190 and four eighths. So was that 190 and a half? Yeah. And the original record was 190 and one eighth. So just by what? Does that make it an eighth they beat it by? Three eighths. Three eighths. Yeah. So congratulations. It's a giant deer. We'll have that posted on our Instagram as well. Yeah. And then, you know, if you're out there in the woods, hunting season, get those ticks, all those mosquitoes, all these things I'm learning about out here in Texas. Keep them off, <laughs> off you. Yeah, keep, we didn't have that in Arizona. Get, get yourself some zone protect. And that will take take care of you. I was getting eaten alive out here. And then we got our zone protect stuff in. I started using that on myself and my kid. I haven't been touched since. I'm loving it. And it doesn't smell bad. It doesn't smell nasty like those other mosquito sprays out there. Yeah, it's got like a... Would you call it a mint or... or... It's like a citrusy smell almost. Like a yeah. mint citrus. Yeah. So I like it. I really do. And it's not that harsh smell. So, yeah. And it doesn't leave like that stickiness on you. So, yeah. Definitely get yourself some Zone Protects. You know, help us out with the podcast. And just help a great company out. And to wrap it up, an alligator, Dustin. What does a gator do this time? Oh, Damn let, us see, let us see. A Ned McNeely brought in a 12-foot alligator weighing in at 445 pounds. It's a private land gator. So he killed it on private land or however they do that. Uh, the funny thing was that when they opened up his stomach, they found five dog tags, Jeez. one bullet jacket, one spark plug, loads of turtle shells, and even bobcat claws. Holy crap. Let's get Two rid of everything. tags were legible, and one phone number still worked. The owner said that he had lost that dog 24 years ago. Jeez. Do you imagine getting that call twenty four years later? <laughs> you looking for you looking for little your little puppy? Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap! That is wild. That Ooh. is wild. That gator, South Carolina too. Ooh. Those gators, man! That thing ate everything. That was like catfish. That gator almost. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, thank you all for listening to D and D Outdoors. We appreciate all you listeners out there. We hope you enjoyed all we had to talk about. We hope you enjoyed our special guest. And if you're, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram at D&D Outdoors. You can file your complaints anytime to us. You can just send it to the White House, and we will take care of it when we get in office. Thank you all very much for listening to us. And if you're heading to work, it will be over soon. <laughs>